This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. And welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'm a mere figment of your imagination. I look forward to once again serve you those sounds of salvation. Oh, yes. Live and direct right now on YouTube and other various platforms. For more information, please go to michaeldeacon.com. My guest this evening is Robert McGinnis. He is a Washington, D.C.-based broadcast national security and foreign policy analyst with 24 years of extensive experience. He has appeared on major media platforms such as Fox News and CNN. He is an author and columnist for conservative outlets with more than 800 published articles on national security and geopolitical issues. Once again, thank you for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Good evening to you out there. Hello to those on YouTube. And of course, I encourage all of you to go there to interact with me and other listeners just like yourself. I also hope our friends in the Midwest are hanging tight through that polar vortex. I can't even believe how cold it is out there for some of you. And, of course, we got a lot on our plates tonight. Definitely get yourselves comfortable. Now, without further ado, let's bring in our guest. Robert, are you still there? I'm still here, Michael. Amazing. How how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. And yourself? A little bit under the weather, but I can't complain too much. Kind of the way it goes out here. Yeah. Well, you're in a better, you know, weather place than I certainly am, so I wouldn't, enjoy it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. In the summer, that's when it gets to triple digits. Yeah, yeah. Well, I understand the hot, uh, so that is that is a bit different. Oh, yes, it's terrible. And how are you, Robert? How's everything going for you out there? Yeah, we're doing all right. We've just got past the um, polar uh, vortex, vortex or whatever right. it is. It was pretty cold here for a while. I can't even imagine how cold it was for you. I mean, out here where I'm at in the, in the desert, I mean, if it gets a, about to um, 60 degrees, I'm already I'm already frozen. <laughs> I'm serious. It gets cold. Yeah. Well, it sounds like being in Hawaii, which, where I go to work occasionally, and it, uh, you know, if it gets below 70, they get cold. Mm, lovely out there in Hawaii. And yeah. of course, I do want to welcome you back to. The program, the first time we did this, unfortunately, we had so much audio uh, difficulty on my end, not not on your end. But now everything is corrected, and we are smooth sailing, finally. Now, Robert, there, there's so much to discuss here. And I know you are a graduate of West Point, and you've been a part of a think tank for the Pentagon, just to name a few. 
But before all of this, I was curious about your earliest roots, Rob. Can you uh, take us through uh, your early upbringing? Yeah, I was born in Florida at 10. I moved to California up in Oxnard. Uh, you'll know where that is. Um, and then uh, back to the Space Flight Center at Redstone Arsenal in Alabama with my father. And then back uh, to the Los Angeles area. I went to high school in Canoga Park. And then uh, back to Tennessee uh, where I did finally graduate from high school and then went to West Point. So that's kind of the, the lineage. Right. And by the way, were you raised in a religious household, Rob? Um, Quasi-religious, to say that. Uh, we didn't go to church all the time when I was growing up. I Eventually, as a teenager, I started to go on my own. Really? Yeah. yeah you have plenty of books out there, and one of them dealt with prophecy. Well, not the entire book, just one of the chapters. Yeah, certainly the the last four books have some prophecy uh, uh nexus in them. Uh the last one Alliance of Evil, of course I talk about the you know the the new dual cold war with Russia and China and then Correct. you know whether or not whether or not this is, you know, uh has a prophetic uh, direction, which uh, it could be, just don't know. Understood. Yeah, the name of the book was Never Submit. Well, the yeah, Never Submit mm-hmm. was uh, what I well was it what 2014 or something like yeah, that around there, and it was about the the genocide in the Middle East of Christians, and of course that was when ISIS was you know doing the most damage and running Christians left and right out of Iraq and Syria, and for the most part. You know, the, the rest of the Islamic world was not, not terribly nice to Christians. And I, and I deal with that not only in that part of the world, but how that became a problem in Western Europe, uh, especially with the mass migration, and then uh, what the implications are in this country as well. Understood. Do you think Christianity is currently under attack? There's no question. You know, it's under attack certainly in this country. Uh, obviously in the Middle East because they've been killing Christians left and right and, you know, most have been run out of certainly Iraq and in Syria. Uh, Western Europe, uh, you know, to be an outspoken Christian, uh, is very problematic. You can be a political Christian, but, you know, the political Christians are just those that self-identify with, with the name of the faith, but don't actually, uh, practice, uh, their faith. And so, yeah, for those that are uh, governed in their daily activities by their faith, uh, which is the, the freedom of religion, which is, you know, promised us in the First Amendment to the Constitution, uh, that's a threat to a lot of people in the world that don't particularly care for biblical uh, behavior. Yes, I've seen statistically there are less religious people today in America, people under 40. They don't focus on it too much, and interestingly enough, Islam by 2040 will become the second largest religion, according to multiple t- uh, statistics out there. Yeah, it's the second largest now. Crazy. Um, in this country, of course, it is growing uh, by leaps and bounds and doesn't seem to have the same negative reaction, perhaps because it's not as large as uh, the Christian population. Um, but we're we're both, you know, a uh, a faith that is dictated by uh, its own doctrine. And so behavior means that, you know, we should be doing those things that the scriptures teach. 
someone that's Islamic is is governed by the teachings of Muhammad, uh, whether it's in the Quran, the Hadith, or the Sirah, and they have to be compliant with that to be a true Muslim. Of course, there there are six tenets of the faith, and you have to satisfy those, etc. Uh, but uh, you know, in this country, we see uh, a very significant growth. I mean, members of Congress are now Islamic. Uh, we see uh, certainly. Uh, places of Islamic worship, you know, proliferating all over the country and so forth. Yes, even in prisons as well, those who study Islam, they seem to get a lot more respect from the prison guards. Well, and to a certain degree, there's discipline within the Islamic faith, and Saudi Arabia funds a lot of prison ministries. Oh, interesting. And has for, for many, many years. Hundreds of millions of dollars are pumped into that uh, setting just because they can do that, and we've allowed it to to take place. So they hire chaplains, uh, Islamic chaplains. They hire literature or buy literature and ship it to prisons and so forth. So that's uh, that's quite quite an outreach. And, and but it's mostly uh, Sunni uh, Muslim faith promoted by uh, the kingdom and Riyadh. Some people believe religion is the root to all issues we currently experience today. What is your opinion on that? Well, there's certainly, a, you know, there are many reasons for conflict in the world. Uh, religious differences are one of those. Um, and, and so, you know, and I, I, I forget which which book I talk about that. I think in the future war book, mm. uh, I go through. You know, a list of reasons why nations fight and, you know, certainly religious reasons. There are economic reasons, uh, obviously sovereignty reasons, um, and a host of others, uh, through time. So, you know, the world has had very little peace, uh, since the, you know, the, the first man hit the other on the head with a rock up to <laughs> the present time. So it's just the nature of man that we we always get in trouble we like our own way and uh, often when we have uh, these big instruments of destruction we employ them to to get our own way and to and coerce others to do exactly what we want them to do yeah man is wolf to man unfortunately that's, that's true yeah that's not that's not very good but that's the nature of the beast and yeah. by the way rob do you consider donald trump a christian man well, I don't know his heart. I just know what he says, and he claims to be a Christian. Yes, he claims to be, but do you think he is, in your opinion? You know, I really don't know. Don't know? Okay. Like I say, I... Understood. I, I don't know hearts. I can only tell by behavior. He, what, you know, I, anybody can claim whatever they want. That's true. People can claim anything they want. We see this all the time with political figures, with actors, you name it. They're... Personal opinion always varies from uh, their private, or well, not their public, rather. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, we have a, a governor here in the state of Virginia just got into a lot of hot water this past week on a couple of issues. And, you know, he claims one thing, and yet, you know, we have a picture that says something different. So we'll, I suppose in time, uh, the truth will come out. But, you know, that's that's true with just about anybody. You know, oh, yes. In time, you can measure their behavior and draw your own conclusions. Hindsight 2020, indeed. And it is. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in recent headline stories, we've been watching and reading all about 
the Steele dossier and what's been going on with Jerome Corsi and, and Roger Stone. We saw Jerome Corsi get that visit from authorities, as well as Roger Stone was hit with the FBI raid in the middle of the night. Multiple squad cars arrived at his home. Lindsey Graham very upset over the whole ordeal. He said the raid was unacceptable. What exactly is your opinion on Jerome Corsi and Roger Stone? You know, Stone's quite the character. I've seen a couple <laughs> of interviews. Right. Uh, you know, it did seem to be, you know, rather heavy handed and over the top with 27 agents and, you know, all sorts of weapons and helicopters and armored cars, you know, just going and surrounding his little Florida home and then, you know, handcuffing him and leading him away as he was barefoot going to, to prison. Um, nice I don't know sight. why that was necessary, but you know, that wasn't something done by the special prosecutor. It was a FBI office decision. So uh, there must have been something that they wanted to do there. Yeah, that was interesting to see all that go on. And, of course, the judge is considering a gag order on him. He actually was on the Jim and Sam show on Sirius XM talking about the case, and he's been quite vocal about it. I'm not quite sure that's a smart idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right. you know, that's that's his... Um, He's trying to raise money. I, I know I get a email from people that are trying to raise money from him. So uh, he, he has a, a very high hurdle to overcome financially to pay for the lawyers that have to be there to defend him, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, the special prosecutor is in the, the habit of breaking people uh, financially. And uh, we've seen that with, you know, Michael Flynn. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it with, you know, we'll see it with Stone and with others. Yes, and what about Jerome Corsi? He's labeled as a quote-unquote conspiracy theorist. What's your uh, stance on that? Yeah, I I don't know that much about him. Ah, okay. It's okay. No worries. And I wonder if they'll actually end up behind bars for a long time. Well, if they can convince a jury of his peers that he has broken laws that Mm -hmm. justify incarceration, then yes, um, you know, in the case, say, of uh, Michael Flynn, you know, I think the circumstances that we've heard about, um, though we haven't seen official documents, really, yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense why they, they pursue people like that, other than to try to, you know, get them to spill the beans, as I presume, uh, on the president, and yet, Evidently, they don't have anything as yet, at least based upon what has been uh, released. So, yeah, we got to wait through the smoke clears. Yeah, time will tell. Indeed. And the Sam Hill in the chat room, he says, does anyone in Washington tell the truth? He put nope. Very stern. Well, yeah, yeah, I wrote the book before I wrote on the deeper state. The deeper state, where, correct. Where I talk about you know, the the three layers of the deep state. And the first layer is the the political class with the administrative um, part of government that, you know, stands behind them. Uh, and then the second layer are the influencers, you know, whether it's the lobbyists of which there are thousands or the think tanks or the wealthy, deep-pocketed people like George Soros and the like. And the third level, I, I say, is really a spiritual component that, you know, some people acknowledge, others don't. Uh, but truth-telling is is an art in Washington. Um, I've spent, you know, decades and decades here. 
And uh, whether you're a, a political class or you're in the media or you're in the bureaucracy, uh, truth tends, tends to be convenient and relative uh, to the circumstance that you find yourself. Uh, so we, we don't always find out what the, the ground truth is uh, on the surface and seldom do. That's why when I mentioned my governor and the mess that he's created this week, that uh, we probably will not know the ground truth anytime soon uh, because his agents will try to obfuscate it as best as they can until uh, they can at least somebody comes up with something that's, you know, irrefutable or um, he manages to escape, uh, you know, the public opinion. A very interesting a local machine in the chat, and he asked if you think, well, he's saying, ask if he thinks his governor was in the KKK uniform in the picture. <laughs> well, I, I, I heard the governor speak today, and, you know, he denies being in either one of those. He says he knew, has zero knowledge of uh, any type of event that would have created that image. Uh, so whatever. Um, like I say, he's right. a politician. Um, there is a justification or an incentive on his behalf to not not say the, the truth. Uh, he is getting a lot of pressure from his Democratic base and from national leaders around the country to resign. Uh, but he, at least at the news conference today, he was stalwart, and he said he's not going to resign. He's going to continue serving the people of Virginia. So we'll have to wait and see. We will definitely have to wait and see till the smoke clears, as usual. And, you know, a few episodes back, I spoke to multiple hackers before the show and even brought one on. They have zero agenda in, in political ideologies. And that community that I've been talking to, they all say that it certainly does appear Russian hackers did try their best efforts to try and manipulate voters through social media. And, of course, that wouldn't be the first time we've seen other countries try and influence or straight sabotage elections. We do the same thing. Well, there's no question that, you know, the, the Russians have been involved in manipulation of social media for a long time. I talk about that in Alliance of Evil. Yes. Um, and the Chinese don't do it as much, but they're incredibly active uh, against, you know, just about any IP that they can find uh, that, you know, they can somehow penetrate. They've, yes. they've been incredibly effective at doing that. That's why the president and the negotiations with the Chinese this week have made intellectual property a, a, a top issue that, yeah, we want to work out a trade deal with you and we want to work out a host of things, but intellectual property, which is going to fuel the future of China, and if you're going to rob it from us, uh, we're going to make it more painful for you to do that. And so... Uh, that's an aspect of what I consider the new uh, dual Cold War that we're fighting today with the Chinese and Russians. Amazing. We'll get into that in a moment. Politics have been completely entertaining lately, like a bad TV show. And we've never seen anything like this in, in this administration before. The constant change-ups in the lineup, the endless rumors and whispers of pure chaos amongst its staff. It's It's truly amazing, really. Just to sit back and watch it all go down, no matter what um, political ideology you carry yourself with, it's just we've never seen anything like this before, Robert. In other words, it's truly fascinating to sit back. Well, well, certainly the present day, we we have a lot of media outlets that are 
you know, chatting about various and sundry things, either that they know about or they've heard about. Right. Um, the administration, you know, does have a fair amount of turnover. It's not unusual to turn over after two years. Most of those appoint appointments are very, very strenuous, you know, 24 seven type positions. And, you know, most of these people are not incredibly wealthy. So they, they kind of have to uh, figure out, you know, taking the government um, on the government dole for a couple of years and then they go off and they make some real money. Um, I would say that past administrations, you didn't hear about the turbulence, which is fairly common, uh, only because it didn't have the media's attention. And we didn't have the social media, you know, say a decade ago that we have today. So um, I would be somewhat hesitant about saying, you know, it's, it's far worse now than it was, you know, in the past. Because historically, whether you go back to the time of Abraham Lincoln or Theodore Roosevelt or Woodrow Wilson or Franklin Roosevelt right. or any of the others, uh, they had significant turnover as well. But it just didn't, you know... You know, rise to the the point that people really cared about or even knew about. So, you know, it, it is a bit of a um, um, a red herring, I would say. Now, Trump has really pushed certain promises he made during his campaign. One of them is with the wall. Recent yeah. re- recently, he mentioned the desire to, to uh, declare a national emergency for the wall. What are your thoughts and opinions on that, Rob? Well, I think that uh, you know, unless he can, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, has a premonition that something's going to happen unless she um, uh, changes her mind about her promised $1 investment in the future wall, then we're probably going to find that the president, uh, in spite of, you know, you know, I think that he doesn't really want to, but in spite of the fact that, uh, you know, he's not going to get the House of Representatives to fund, you know, the $5.7 billion that he says he wants, that, he probably will call a national emergency, and then he'll employ probably a couple of brigades of U.S. Corps of Engineers uh, to build a variety of barriers uh, where uh, the Border Patrol uh, say that they're needed along the southwest border. Uh, that he can do within the jurisdiction that he has with the U.S. Army, and we'll have to wait and see uh, if um, someone tries to block that. Now, yeah, I'm not sure even a federal judge under certain circumstances would have jurisdiction uh, over the commander in chief exercising using that particular uh, statute that was passed what back in 1976 during the Jimmy Carter era. You know, we've had a lot of you know, declarations of states of emergency, some of which have started back in the seventies that continue today, such as the one with Iran uh, and, you know, how we're holding funds and then of course we we've had one recently evidently with regard to Venezuela and the uh oil uh income that uh, Sitco and the like uh earned so you know i think the president will probably unless there's some miracle in that uh, bipartisan effort over the next 2 weeks that he'll make a declaration of state of emergency saying that uh the na- nation's security is at risk our border is at risk you know keep in mind we for years, the United States Army guarded the southwest border. Now, that goes back over a century. But we were there a long time, and we were constantly pushing back against uh, you know, 
variety of uh, Mexican army forces and the like. So it was a contested border for a long time. It would not surprise me if we upped the ante and, and did put more troops down there. Amazing. Do you support the idea of this wall, Rob? Well, I think that uh, to protect the sovereignty of the United States, uh, that we at least have the right to know who's coming across the border and, you know, to make sure that they are going to be productive in this country, that uh, they they do it legally, because we have, you know, estimated 150 million people would like to come here. We don't really have the resources for 150 million people, so we have to and be somewhat selective. Right. Uh, and so we have to employ uh, some wisdom to protect our sovereignty and the like. And so, you know, if, if it's a barrier or if it's a bunch of drones or it's more agents mm-hmm. um, to stop the flow of people coming uh, illegally, I'm fully in support of legal immigration. And last year we had about a million people that came here legally. Uh, and if, you know, I have no problem with that. Uh, but, you know, the other piece is we do have a, a drug problem. That's true. And we can't stop all of them, but we can certainly stop uh, more if we um, force all of those drugs to come through uh, ports of entry rather than a very porous border. So, you know, the people that run the Border Patrol, uh, they know what needs to be done. I can tell you. Having spent years on uh, the Korean demilitarized zone, that worked pretty well. I spent a couple of years on the Iron Curtain, and that worked pretty well. And so I know barriers can work. Uh, It's just a matter you have to have the will to do it. Absolutely, and I am for the wall. I'm not against. I'm not exactly against the wall. There's some things that I I am curious about, and one of them is. The budget for the wall, I, I would assume that you would need a lot more money than that to get that thing going, really. There's a lot, a lot of land to cover, and I'm not quite sure if that's even enough money to cover those costs. And again, the drug problem and drug trafficking, or human trafficking rather, the drug and human trafficking problem is very, very vital indeed. And I've seen it happen plenty of times. I live in a border town, and I've seen people cross, uh, not cross, but jump or throw things over the fence, mostly heroin and meth, which is what the cartel really loves to uh, bring over the border here. Yeah, well, I, you know, the, the the cost of the border, like I say, that's that's something that you know, the technicians that work for the uh, Border Patrol uh, and the contract firms that they work with, uh, they'll have to come up with those estimates. I'm not sure of, of the real genesis of the 5.7 billion, uh, but given you know a three billion or three trillion dollar budget, that's not a lot of money, quite frankly. Um, and it it may be a, a just a drop in the bucket. I don't know. Um, I'd leave it to the the engineers that uh, design those sorts of things. Right. But I can tell you that the borders that I've guarded uh, were rather robust. Uh, of course, they had minefields in them, and they had guard towers, and I saw you know people shot and killed or blown up as they tried to cross. Uh, I'm not suggesting that for ours, but we certainly <laughs> right. have to 
other than just a, a bar, a single strand of barbed wire separating the two countries is probably insufficient. Understood. And one of the other issues we've seen Donald Trump take a very firm stand behind is his policy on the trans ban. You were, of course, involved with the don't ask, don't tell policy of the 90s. What right. first, yeah, what first prompted this discussion and how were you approached by this, Rob? I'm just completely fascinated how all this manifested for you. Well, I became involved because I wrote a couple of articles in 1992 after Bill Clinton, when he was campaigning for the presidency uh, in Vermont, somebody asked him whether or not he'd lift the uh, two-century-old military ban on the open service for homosexuals. Right. And, And that seemed to be a... Because I, while on active duty, I was always writing about personnel matters, and that said, hey, that sounds like a personnel matter I needed to research and write about, and so I did. And because I, you know, was one of the few uh, that had published on the topic uh, by the time Bill Clinton was sworn in on the 20th of January, 1973, uh, that and I happened to be at the Pentagon that I was. Uh, called by the chief of staff to be on a little task force that worked on that issue. Very interesting. And, of course, for those that don't know, the Supreme Court just this Tuesday allowed President Trump's broad restrictions on transgender people serving in the military to go into effect while the legal battle over his controversial policy continues in the lower courts. That's for those out there who aren't following along with, with any of this. And completely interesting, some are saying that they feel discriminated against, that there's been a, a history of all this. Of course, there has. The history of the African-Americans and women and gays being in the military, this has been going on for a while now. But, of course, lots of people will feel that way, especially those that are currently serving. I, I do feel sorry for the, for those folks out there, Rob. Yeah, well, you know, keep in mind the military has always been uh, a discriminatory organization because of its requirements for, sure, yeah. uh, you know, this, you know, the close proximity in which we've, you know, forced people to live and et cetera. Uh, you know, I, I've dealt with all those issues, uh, fairly extensively. The, the, the gay issue, uh, becomes more problematic, uh, because of the sexual attraction that, uh, right, right. every mom and dad of teenage kids fully appreciates. Uh, and so, you know, on the transgender issue, here we have a, a military and a VA that is overstretched to service, you know, the current population. And yet, you know, this population, this very small population is insisting upon, you know, gender redesignation through surgical procedures or through pharmaceuticals, you know, and it just seems to be that, uh, elective surgeries like that, when we can't even come close to meeting the the promised you know you know medical care for those that have served uh, over the decades you know and have suffered tremendously if we can't meet that we just don't have extra medical uh, facilities and equipment and personnel and money uh, to address things that are really truly uh, not mandatory understood great answer of course for those out there Listening, this decision, of course, isn't up to uh, me and Rob here. <laughs> it's, of course, left to those out there a lot more experienced with these issues. And, of course, lots of individuals out there 
and the media, they, they are definitely trying to turn this into a human right, rights issue now. Yeah, they are, unfortunately. Yeah, they're going very hard with that. Now, of course, in your opinion, Rob, what are some of the social and political issues you would want to be much more focused on for the American citizen? Well, certainly the national security issues that I'm concerned about is that we're we're facing some existential threats that, you know, you don't hear about every day in the news. Uh, you know, we've been so captivated with, you know, the investigation by the special prosecutor against the president. Right. You know, and yet they haven't found anything that we're aware of that uh, links his campaign with the Russians as yet. Um, if Mr. Stone is the only one, then, you know, or Michael Flynn or a couple of the others, you know, those are all process crimes. They're, they're not, you know, implications of, of any you know, wrongdoing with regard to Russian influence. Um, you know, th- these are distractions. Correct. You know, we, yeah. we face some very, very serious threats out there, and yet, you know, we don't hear about them. And unfortunately, those of us in the Pentagon, uh, we're aware, but, you know, the people on the Hill have to make the appropriations and have to give us the go-ahead uh, to direct the types of research and acquisition you know, that is necessary to defend this country. And, you know, we just aren't getting the type of attention we need. That's absolutely correct. And most, mostly the, the reason for that, of course, uh, for the media is ratings. That's really what, what they're focused on. And of course, the talking points that they get at 4 a.m. out there in the East Coast, that's really what is going to be carried and pushed through throughout the day and weeks. And of course, your book, Alliance of Evil, establishes that without a doubt the United States and our allies are locked in a prophetic global confrontation on many fronts, a new cold war with the Russians and the Chinese. Well, we see it, you know, if, if you know, people are at all awake to the news and what's happening out of China and Russia, you know, they see the, you know, kind of the, you know, the dip- diplomatic back and forth that we constantly hear about between us and China and us and Russia. Uh, the ideological fight today is very different than it was, you know, when we had the Soviet Union. It yeah. was then communism versus, you know, liberal capitalism. And today it's really authoritarianism if you follow what Vladimir Putin and Russia is doing and what President Xi and China are doing. So there is a ideological war that uh, we have ongoing. We certainly have espionage. You know, that's why I mentioned earlier about the IP, the intellectual property the Chinese continue to steal. They, they're they always trying to break into national security establishments, you know, whether it's at the Pentagon where I work or uh, any of our, you know, secure systems. Uh, they're constant spies all over this country. You have a lot of them there in California. Uh, we have a lot here in Washington as well. The same thing with the Russians, not as many, uh, but there are, but there there are tens of yeah. thousands of spies here in this country from the, from China that's, it would rob us blind you know, unless we continue to push back hard. Yes. And of course we, I mentioned earlier that, you know, we have these trade negotiations with the vice premier, vice president of China, uh, this week that was in the Oval Office talking to the president, you know, but you know, the inequalities, the disparity, you know, the trade deficits, the jobs that we've lost to the Chinese 
manipulation and, of course, how they deal with our own companies that want to operate there. You know, there's no question uh, about, you know, these ongoing trade disputes. And then, of course, the, the there's a new report that uh, came out oh, a month ago. Uh, you know, it was last month. China military power put together by the Defense Intelligence Agency. And there's an annual report to Congress also. But, you know, the Chinese military expenditures have increased every year for over a decade, at least 10 percent. Um, and, you know, even though if according to their own charts that maybe they're spending 200 billion. Oh, my. Well, that's that's really only a drop in the bucket, because if you understand how the communist government of Beijing operates, a lot of their security expenditures are hidden in other parts of the government. Uh, they don't announce a lot of what they're doing. So, you know, I know people will try to say, well, we are in the United States spending, you know, 700 billion, which is true, uh, on defense on an annual basis. Uh, the big difference is they have a conscription army, um, and which they pay their people next to nothing. And then of course we have an all volunteer army and for us to recruit talent, you know, is incredibly expensive, but we have no taste for conscription. So, you know, that's kind of something we've, we've got to deal with. Um, if you look at some of the technology that, you know, Vladimir Putin's been touting of late, uh, and one of the reasons that, for instance, we closed off just a day ago the INF treaty that we've had since uh, Gorbachev and Reagan negotiated back in 1987 was because the Russians cheat. I don't think that should surprise anybody. But, <laughs> you know, we found that, yes. you know, they've continued to develop weapons and, and deploy weapon systems that were ex- ex- expressly prohibited by the 87 INF treaty. And, and so, you know, they continue to modernize their forces. We've seen, you know, some incredibly sophisticated systems, uh, they put on display, uh, and Vladimir Putin, of course, just a month ago, uh, tested, uh, from, you know, I think maybe it was the Caspian into Kryerstan or Uzbekistan, one of the others, about 3,500 miles, you know, direct hit, uh, by a hypersonic weapon that he says he's now about ready to deploy. And of course, you know, we, we just published two weeks ago, the missile defense review of 2019, and we acknowledge that uh, we're probably not where we need to be with regard to you know, competition on hypersonics. And of course, hypersonics can't be knocked down by any defense system we currently have. Uh, they can penetrate just about anywhere. They can go globally. Uh, and the Chinese and the Russians are full speed ahead developing these things. And, Correct. And so they're very sophisticated and very capable. Yes. Uh, the the list of the reasons which I'm going through now, Michael, are, uh, as to why I say there's a new Cold War. Th- these are indisputable. You know, each of these, you know, I have a, a series of contemporary evidence that these are all painting a very real picture. And every day I wake up and I read the papers and I said, you know, that's exactly what I've been saying for the last few years. But it's just building up. It's building up in every one of these areas that, you know, it's an it's a very credible uh, argument that though this is not like the old Cold War, but it is a true new Cold War with uh, existential threats across uh, across the horizon. Yeah, the modern Cold War, indeed. And 
Xi Jinping definitely has been hard at work. And you mentioned China testing this, uh, what they call the world's most powerful naval gun. That's what the U.S. intelligence was saying. And, and they are claiming that it will be ready by 2025. If not earlier, because they have tested it. And, of course, the Chinese have uh, been making very provocative statements about Taiwan. And you know, I think that they have every intention in the next couple of years of retaking it. And, of course, they've been trying to deny us uh, from an ability to defend them um, by developing you know, mid-range ballistic missiles that can target our carriers. And, and, of course, they can track submarines very well. And their submarine fleet is larger than ours and almost as sophisticated. Now, the Chinese are not um, a paper tiger by any stretch of the imagination. They are a, a global power. They're legit, uh, yeah. And, and they are growing all the time. And so we are rightly concerned about that. You know, they just put a, a, a vehicle on the dark side of the moon. Why Correct. do you think they did that? You know, well, I could only guess. Well, you know, they they have ambitions. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have a, a space station, you know, by 2022 in permanent orbit, much like the you know, Russians have, and we've been sharing it with them. Of course, we've taken down our space shuttle. Um, they have uh, significant space ambitions. I know this was a report out uh, a week ago uh, that uh, – outlined all their space capabilities. No wonder President Trump is pushing for a space command. Correct. Trying to bring everything under a single umbrella and give it direction uh, because we are facing a very credible threat from a the real, Chinese in space. A real threat. And indeed, that's one of the first things I initially thought once I saw President Trump give that speech. I think he was somewhere here in California when he gave that speech. And I immediately thought he must know something that the general public doesn't know, which is what prompted that speech. Maybe this is this was it. Well, if you look at their anti-satellite capability, if you look at, uh, you know, they've been saying since the Gulf War of 1990 that, you know, they watched this closely and they understand that our reliance upon our satellite constellation, that they have to cripple that. And that's what they're trying to do. The, the Russians a few months ago put uh, a very interesting satellite in orbit that kind of maneuvers around and checks things out. Well, um, we've known the Russians in the past uh, have developed weapons for space. Um, and I talk about that in Future War, uh, my book two years ago. Uh, you know, that these things are, are, are by design, part of their strategy. Um, they have a host of capabilities. And we have to counter those capabilities if, in fact, we're going to remain uh, a credible force in a very uh, threatening and sophisticated world. Yeah, this is very scary. Of course, you were just talking about Russia's new hypersonic weapon, which, right. of course, will be ready by 2020, according to U.S. Intel. Of course, this this uh, creation is called the Avangard, if I recall correctly. Yeah, that's the Russian yeah, the Russians. We, we saw that uh, it was on the on the the bottom side of a oh uh, uh, what was it uh, a flanker that was flying over Moscow a couple months ago. Somebody made a picture of it and published it. Uh, we've seen the the tests that uh, Putin back in March of of uh, last year displayed when he was making the address to the nation 
but it was his recent test uh, of that capability uh, that was uh, very credible. You know, that's what the DIA and, you know, the other intelligence agencies says, yeah, we are watching. You know, the STRATCOM commander out of Nebraska said, we are watching closely. We know they're doing these things, and this is not fictitious. It is real, and it's credible. Yeah, that's pretty frightening to think that they are capable of striking the U.S., various points of the U.S., with this thing here. Well, the Russians still have a very robust nuclear force, uh, and they've modernized their ballistic missile systems. Um, so, you know, if, if you have a, a modern ballistic missile system, they have a, a, a fairly sophisticated, certainly uh, similar to what the old Soviet Union had in terms of nuclear strike, uh, you know, ballistic, uh, submarine ballistic missile systems, uh, as do the Chinese. Uh, they just tested a new ballistic missile that is very effective. And we have a hard time tracking them because they have stolen a lot of the technology that have kept their, their deep submarines silent. And if you keep them too silent, then we're not going to be able to hear them through acoustic monitoring. And so, you know, they're, they're getting very good. And we have to be uh, as good or better. Oh, yes. Technology will definitely change the outcome in how we fight wars. That's the craziest thing about all of this, where, it the, is. where the future takes us, really. And uh, between Russia and China, personally, I think China poses the bigger threat because of their technology and artificial intelligence. Yeah, well, you know, artificial intelligence, of course, is President Xi's primary um, modernization objective. Right. He's harnessed you know, all of private and public industry uh, to, you know, really exploit that to the best of his ability. Uh, and unfortunately, because we have 300,000 uh, Chinese green card carriers in this country that are uh, robbing us blind of our technology uh, by working in high-tech industry and then taking that home, uh, that uh, President Xi's probably going to get his way unless we get smarter about this. Right, right. And, Robert, if there ever does come a day when we see an all-out war with these two nations fighting side by side against us, how do you see that outcome going for America? Well, it won't be pretty. <laughs> uh, Correct. You know, we, we're stretched right now to do what we're doing. Uh, you know, a lot depends upon what, what the Chinese, how they continue to develop their armed forces. They've mimicked us in structure over the last few years, they've redesigned to create a joint force, uh, to have regional commands, much like we do. We have six around the world. Uh, they have restructured uh, uh, their headquarters uh, differently. They have a space command, of course. They have, you know, a command that oversees you know, cyber and the like. So they're they're full speed ahead. Um, they have two million people active duty, uh, which is more than than we have uh, active duty. Uh, the Russians, are, of course, are a microcosm of what they used to be. Uh, but what Putin has put together is a credible force. Uh, when they did the Vostok uh, 2018, which is a uh, a multilateral exercise in the eastern part of Siberia, the Chinese are involved. And, of course, that was the largest exercise since the end of the Soviet Union. 
and they demonstrated a considerable capability. Uh, any confrontation with either China or Russia uh, would potentially be catastrophic for all nations involved. Uh, it depends upon if there's a willingness to you know, only employ uh, tactical uh, systems versus strategic systems, much less uh, nuclear systems. Uh, but the temptation, of course, will be for the generals, if given the, the wherewithal, to pursue it to their maximum extent and to use all weapon systems. So, you know, it could be pretty cataclysmic if, if we're not careful. So we need to be smart about how we, you know, conduct our diplomacy. Uh, we need to have more treaties and agreements to cut back on uh, the the growth of these you know, killing weapon systems and the, the exercises and so forth of these armed forces. Uh, because if we really want to think of the preservation of mankind, uh, we have to contain you know, the worst of man, and uh, these killing machines sometimes uh, can literally get a mind of their own, especially under artificial intelligence systems. I agree completely. And in your book, you pretty much describe this as being an a apocalyptic global war. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm totally with you on that. I could see how that easily can happen quickly. Of course, there are 104 nuclear reactors in the U.S., so let's say a terrorist or someone else just hits one of those things. It's we're pretty much done here, especially me out here where I'm at in Southern California. I'm not exactly very far from a nuclear reactor myself. Yeah. Well, as I told you before, <laughs> yes. uh, I've been in Ukraine, not all that far from Chernobyl. Um, and uh, they had some serious problems when that you know, erupted. Uh, if we had a, an attack on an, on an active reactor in this country, you know, there have been a number of, uh, war games to, you know, uh, to try to understand the implications. And, you know, especially if it's near a metro area, uh, it can be a very devastating, uh, occurrence. And of course, when you have many, like we do in this country, yeah. uh, if, if for some, you know, reason many of those were to be, you know, destroyed or, you know, the containment areas were, you know, opened through explosives or something, then we would have very, very serious problems. Correct. It would be like Chernobyl or even Fukushima. Yeah. Across America here and terrible to even think of these sort of uh, situations, but the reality is that it could happen. It could definitely happen anytime especially with an EMP attack as well. That's another yeah. whole situation there that I think would really mess us up here. Yeah, EMP is a part of the Chinese and the Russian doctrine too. So uh, that that's something that they're looking at. And, of course, you know, we're pretty – we believe the North Koreans are working on that technology as well. Well, that's not good to know. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, really. And, of course, moving along – very so slightly switching gears here. I have to say, I've never seen a hat become such a polarizing symbol in this day and age. The whole Make America Great hat, the MAGA hat. Whoever came up with all of that was brilliant in terms of marketing, no matter if you like the hat or not. But from a pure financial perspective, wow, that's uh, incredible, right, right, Robert? 
What do yeah, you say? I don't know how many they've sold, but it certainly has a reputation of its own. Exactly. It's really something else to see both sides behave this way. It's almost like a gang now, really, uh, especially well, if you're wearing a red hat. Yeah, it's politics, and, you know, it could have been something other than a hat. But, uh, True. yeah, it, it has certainly garnered a lot of attention and um, you know, a lot of free media. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But, yeah, very, very um, tribalistic, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, you rep the wrong colors, Bob, and someone out there might fight you over it. <laughs> That's true. Amazing. Yeah, what what a time to be alive watching the tribalism and identity politics cloud the judgment and play out the way it truly has here in America. Yeah, identity politics is a real threat. It and, really is. You know, it's, it seems as if every day it's be, you know, getting worse. Oh, uh, yeah. The American people, they don't know who to trust either in terms of information and, of course, all the messages that they put out there or for for them to cloud their judgment. Of course, I am also referring to the latest with the Empire star, Jesse Smollett, who was assaulted. And, of course, I'm not sure if you were even keeping up with the story, Rob. Yeah, I think I heard something about it, but I don't have the details. Yeah. Well, apparently, many have invested a, a lot of money into this actor. He's quite protected in Hollywood, from what I understand. And when there's people who, in Hollywood that are that protective of you, you know for a fact they have aligned themselves with, well, with something a lot bigger than what's being portrayed out there. Yeah. That's really the way it is. And, you know, one wrong move and they'll put a knife in your back, just like everyone else in Hollywood. And that's how it goes in show business. And, of course, when you're that protected, you owe a lot more, too. So there's, <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to lose, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that's another thing they won't talk uh, about in the media, uh, what we're talking about now. That's the reality. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, you're you're right. And uh, I'm perturbed by all of it, really. Uh, again, I thought, who the hell ties a noose around someone in America today? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, moving along here, though, I just thought it'd be interesting to get your take on that. But, yeah, it, it's really, really nothing to truly get into just yet. Got to wait till all the facts are in before we could uh, even try to make any sense of, of all of it, really. Yeah. Uh, some people are asking me, what exactly am I getting at? Uh, well, you know, I can't really discuss too much about certain um, certain people in, in Hollywood. I don't want to get in trouble here. <laughs> You're too close. Yeah, there, there's something there that uh, there's a lot to say, but I don't even want to go over that, really. But... Going back, well, yeah, yeah. Going, I certainly talk mm -hmm. about some of that in the deeper state, and uh, yeah, certain personalities that end up in uh, Los Angeles area and what they've done. So it's yeah. there, there's some some pretty dark things there. Understood. And another thing I wanted to mention to you, Robert, was here on the program. I talk about so many different things, and one of those at times is the paranormal and the afterlife and extraterrestrials, where exactly do you align yourself in terms of extraterrestrial life in the universe? I, I, I talk about it in, in all of my books, uh, a spiritual dimension now. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't talk specifically about, you know, what some people call aliens from Mars and, and that sort of thing. Uh, 
I don't doubt that there is a spiritual dimension. I can't put my arms around, around that spiritual dimension. Um, I have seen evidence of a spiritual dimension, uh, but I, you know, I don't go much beyond that. I try to uh, understand what uh, the scripture has talked about that and put it into some sort of context within the, the times in which we live. Um, there is a great deal of prophecy uh, that suggests what those end times would look like, and that's where I try to wrap in what I'm writing about uh, in context to that. I don't go much beyond that. Now, uh, how those spiritual dimensions are interpreted uh, may vary from, you know, one person to the next, uh, but, you know, that's about how I take it. I see it that way myself, though. This is a spiritual battle that we are currently in. Right. I truly feel that way. Yep. You could just look at the news and you could see it yourself. And Well, that's why I mm-hmm. said the, the third layer, um, the deeper state, is a very spiritual layer, and it impacts motivations of uh, the the players in my first two layers, the, either the political class or the bureaucracy or the administrative state, as well as the influencers. Um, though we don't necessarily acknowledge that, uh, uh, but there's, in Washington, there's a, there's a great deal of, uh, darkness, uh, with how I kind of say is really a spiritual aspect. Uh, and that I find Hard for people not to acknowledge, but um, some people are are blinded. Uh, they don't understand that uh, these motivations are, uh, are really of another dimension in which we don't necessarily understand. Yeah, it's really uh, unusual to see so many prominent figures that we've seen in the in the past come and go. Those involved in pedophile rings. Yeah, very unusual. You see lots of politicians even actors, everything really involved in this sort of behavior. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty dark. It's pretty goddamn dark indeed. Yeah. And I don't even use that word too often here, but yeah. uh, best way to describe it. Yeah. Now, in terms of the afterlife, though, Rob, do you believe in an afterlife? Oh, of course. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm very much a biblicist, and I believe is. Jesus Christ has uh, acknowledged that he went to prepare a place for uh, those that have accepted him as Lord and Savior, and that you know, when you leave the physical body, your your spirit will ascend to be with him. And so, yes, I very much believe that. Amazing. And, of course, we are coming to a wrap very soon here with the interview, even though I feel like I could talk to you for another hour uh, very easily here. Um, one of the things I, I did have in mind to ask you was in terms of the whole Gillette commercial, the whole, the, the whole, I guess you could say fake outrage over this commercial and, and how it's really got people talking again about toxic masculinity. And I always felt in America, there is also a war against men. How do you feel about that? Yeah, well, there's a war against individualism as well, which is really correct. Yeah, the machoism of uh, the early uh, frontiersmen in the United States. You know, we were a a country of uh, rugged individualists that pushed west 
conquered you know, lands and native peoples uh, and, you know, just the rigors of the outdoors. Uh, you know, the governor of Kentucky said something the other day about the softness of the, you know, the present generation. Uh, and I think there's some truth there as well that, uh, you know, we out east and into the north where it gets cold these days, we are so, you uh, jumping at uh, canceling school because the kids are going to get cold at the bus stop uh, and so forth. You know, we have become fairly soft. I think that on the sexuality thing, that um, uh, certainly the promotion of uh, feminism, the promotion of homosexuality uh, is you know, has to target something, and they target what they call toxic masculinity. No, right. I, I just say it's it's masculinity. It's men being, uh, you know, what they're supposed to be, in the, the, certainly in a biblical perspective, supposed to be the leaders of their homes. Now, I didn't mean they're the leaders of their community, uh, not that women can't be leaders of community, in which many of them have been and are today. Uh, but their distinctive male-female roles uh, in, in creation, yeah, whether it's the male, you know, lion and the female lion, or it's the male human and the female human. You know, we have roles that have been um, based upon not only the physiology, but upon the psychology that is ingrained in each of us. And, uh, the, you know, I wrote a book on, uh, uh, back in, what was it, uh, 2013, on women in direct ground combat. And there is a, you know, a whole host of reasons why uh, young men uh, psychologically, physiologically are better predisposed to uh, that sort of environment, whereas young women are not. Uh, and yet, you know, it's politically incorrect to say that in today's uh, politically correct climate. Uh, climate. Yeah. Uh, and yet, you know, the, the physiology, the DNA doesn't deny that. You know, my DNA is different than my wife's DNA, uh, and she will never be uh, as strong, uh, given equal opportunities of nutrition and exercise, as I will. And my son and daughter will not be equally as predisposed to do the same sorts of things. That doesn't mean I'm any smarter uh, or she's any smarter. It just means that we've been designed to do different things. Uh, and so when I looked at, you know, President Obama's decision to, you know, try to open everything uh, in the combat arena to young women, and I see these young women every day as I walk the halls of the Pentagon, and I say, you know, I, I've had to carry a 100-pound pack. I've had to do incredibly strenuous things as a ranger. Um, yeah, there are very, very, very few women that would ever be physically able to do that sort of thing. And so I wonder about the, the lunacy of the policies that as some of our lawmakers have embraced because they were so politically uh, stupid uh, to, you know, follow what their um, political handlers are telling them that they must do to advance uh, what we call radical feminism, which is really uh, – not smart for the country and certainly not smart for young women. I agree with you on that. And of course, women uh, with lower bone density, they have lower bone density than men do. 
So oh, yes. we are naturally stronger. And, you know, that, that reminds me, I, I, you know, I didn't even have any of this plan to ask you, but all these ideas are just flowing through me now. Um, do you think it's fair to have these trans athletes compete with women? No, because the DNA is different. You know, a, a young man uh, has the cardiovascular fitness capability uh, much better than a young woman. The same thing with upper body strength, uh, their endurance, and so forth. You know, I, this, the science is very, very compelling. You Correct. Know, yeah. Anybody that's that is at all objective in looking at the, the real science, as I have, and writing in Deadly Consequences, you know, and we've done all these studies, and we know those differences, and yet, you know, the politicians want us to be blind when we, we look at what a job requires, uh, and as a result, you know, they try to you know, gender neutral uh, some of those requirements, and basically, uh, they just dump on the young men that end up being in, in, in a position next to a young woman because he has to end up doing the job, and we know that. Uh, but we don't say it because it's not politically not politically correct. correct. Yeah, it's difficult seeing all these things going on, and you think about the younger generation and how nowadays society, like you were saying, they kind of discourage individuality. They don't want you to be an individual anymore. They want you to go with the collective hive mindset. Well, that's the progressive way. Yeah, it's just depressing to see this though, and so many people fall for it. Well, they don't understand the, the nature of man. Um, but, you know, the progressives all the way back to Hegel and, the, you know, in Germany when he kind of became the, uh, the collector of this, you know, progressive idea that Darwin had that passed on to Marx and, you know, infiltrated mm-hmm. uh, most of Western Europe and eventually in this country. Uh, they really, uh, think and they try to persuade even our educational establishment, John Dewey and the likes, that, um, you know, we don't want to aspire, have people aspire individually to greatness. We want a collective uh, body of people to, you know, become uh, great in their, in their collectiveness of sorts. And so it, it's really a confused ideology uh, that undermines yeah, the individualism I talked about earlier that undermines a lot of the things that our founders in this country you know, put together, which was really, uh, I think, a, just a, a phenomenal package of guidance in our Constitution and understanding of human nature that made us a, a very, you know, good, productive, you know, ex, I suppose, exceptional country, uh, given yeah, as we compare ourselves with countries around the world. so For sure. Of course, my concern for the nation and society is, of course, the fact that no longer do we preach the message of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. <laughs> where did that Where did that go? Well, that's certainly in the, the Declaration of Independence, and it went out the window uh, because progressives certainly don't believe in liberty uh, unless they're dictating who can do what. Uh, and to pursue your own uh, agenda, that goes back to individualism. Uh, they're not anywhere about that. Uh, once again, it's it's you know the advancement of the, the human you know, community, the human society, 
and everything has to be collective and not uh, what's good for you and your family, but only what's good for my community. And, of course, the, the elite progressives know best, not us. Yes, we are definitely a small percentage uh, aside from the rest of the intellectually bankrupted individuals out there whose lights are on but no one's home. I think, yep, I think a lot you, of that going yeah, on. Yeah, you get the picture. It's just, it has me perturbed in terms of how, Rob, how do we perhaps reach those people, the ones who are not fully aware of all these things that are happening? Well, unfortunately, because I think the the public education system's been co-opted totally, um, and there's plenty of research to suggest that uh, they are, most of the people uh, in the the teachers' education colleges around these countries that are preparing the uh, our teachers to go into our public school systems, they um, one, they're not experts in what they do. They're only experts in educational process. And, of course, they're taken captive by this progressive thinking that, you know, denies the individual to understand what, you know, true civics is about. In other words, they teach a new civics, and the new civics is is social activism. Uh, they don't know anything about our history. They don't know anything about our, our government, uh, about our Constitution, uh, our laws. All they know about is you know, how to occupy buildings and how to, you know, protest and, and the like. You know, they, they've really confused, uh, our, our young generations and they're trying to permeate all of the academic subjects that they teach, even in our elementary, middle and high schools, as well as the colleges. Uh, this is what John Dewey, the father of American progressivism, has given us in our educational establishment. Uh, and this is, to a large degree, why we have such a proliferation of homeschooling and alternative schooling in this country, because parents are just fed up because the kids aren't learning anything uh, to become productive citizens. Uh, you know, this this left-wing stuff that is being promulgated is not truly helping uh, the nation to compete among the nations of the world. We get no argument from me on that. Um, Robert, I do want to thank you tremendously for being a part of the program, but before I let you go, I do want to give you the final word. You could say anything you'd like here, and, of course, go ahead and plug your website. Yeah, well, I, I, Facebook, uh, people can go there. I put things up occasionally, uh, R.L. McGinnis, M-A-G-I-N-N-I-S, and, of course, my books, Alliance of Evil, the, the most recent one, um, that's by Defender Publishing. It's about the new dual Cold War with China and Russia. And then, of course, last book was The Deeper State, uh, where I look at uh, the Washington establishment and, of course, the globalists, uh, some progressives. Uh, before that, uh, Future War, The Never Submit, Deadly Consequences, a host of uh, books that are out there that are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Defender Publishing. So I'd encourage you to you know, get a copy and uh, let me know what you think. Tremendous. Again, Robert, thank you so much for sharing your time with us all here. I, I had a great time, great discussion with you. Well, thank you very much, and you have a great day and great evening out there, Michael. You too. Take care, and God bless, my friend. Okay, take care. Mahalo. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Robert McGinnis. Truly an interesting and informative conversation Robert truly is a respected man. I enjoyed that talk. He is certainly one of the few who are good, no doubt. Now, 
it is that time to go on a little break. And when I return, I definitely invite all of you to call in if you'd like. I got some news to go over, and of course, I got an email to read. I don't think I'll be here too long, feeling a little bit under the weather still. You know how that goes. Stay tuned. I'll be right back after this little break. Gentlemen, glad to see so many of you still out there. Great to see so many lovely people. And of course, the ugly people too. God loves ugly. That's true. Here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, for the second half of the program. The phone line is open. You too can get involved right now by calling in. 760-332-8724. Let's hear those sweet little voices. That number is 760-332-8724. 24. Don't be shy. It's just me here, all alone, waiting for you to call in. Need that number one more time? I don't think you do. Now, first and foremost, I want to thank listener Dave out there for his latest donation. Of course, I'd like to thank Chuck and Star. I I certainly appreciate the donations. All of this will go back to the program here, and it will be used to find new equipment which I desperately need. It's getting pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Lots of wear and tear, but that is expected, and I see we're still in the B-Ride-Back scene. Let me try to change that. Hold on. Hopefully that worked. We just wait and see if it does. Nope, not seeing the chat pop up here. That's not a good sign. But, yes, let's get back to brass tacks here. I wanted to, of course, acknowledge... Ladies' night. That was a few, well, a few days ago. That was fun. It really was. I had a great time during ladies' night. I don't know about you out there in the chat room, but I enjoyed it. No complaints, really. I think the only complaint I got during the whole thing was on me. Gang of four in the chat, they are saying, Michael, how are you feeling? I hope you did not get a flu shot. No, no flu shot. I chose not to do any of that. But it has been suggested a couple of times by family and friends. They have been saying, perhaps you should get a flu shot sometime. But I'm resisting. I don't really want a flu shot. Gang of Four says, Michael, Ladies' Night was a great show. I tend to agree with you on that one. It was a good show. It really was. Vaccines are weaponized. That's what Gang of Four is saying in the, ch- in, the, in the chat here. Well, I'm not quite sure exactly if that's true or not. But there are some that have caused serious issues. And I see stars in the chat room. 
Be Silly says, I don't do flu shots. And I'm with you on that one. I don't want to get into any of that either. I really don't want to uh, risk getting even worse, which really does seem to tend to happen, especially when you get a shot, the flu shot there. One of my uncles that I have, and I have a, I have a shitload of uncles, by the way, but one of them got his flu shot, I think perhaps, I think it might have been Rite Aid. Yeah, it must have been Rite Aid. And he got sick. Got even worse. Now, I'm not saying that the shot was the reason he got worse, but I'm just going to assume that's that was the cause of that. Poor guy. And, of course, I also wanted to acknowledge Celebrity Deathpool. I do have an update for you. We have an update on Artie Lang. He's definitely not doing too well either. Comedian Artie Lang in custody for drug possession. He's saying that he'll enter rehab. I'm not sure if any of you even saw those mugshots of one Artie Lang, but holy Christ, does he ever look bad? I might even win Celebrity Deathpool this year. I just might. If Artie goes under, I, I got one there. Yeah, the picture of Artie didn't look good, Gang of Four, that's true. His nose looks all fucked up. Looks like a pig. And he was bleeding through both of his nostrils, I, I believe, in, in, in his mugshot. God damn, that is awful. And according to the facility inmate data, database, Lang was in possession of a controlled substance. So all this time of him being sober, <laughs> he, well, he's been high as a kite. A star is saying, any word on Ruth Ginsburg? You know, that's a, good, a great question. I'm not quite sure where one Ruth Ginsburg is. Who the hell knows where she's at? Henry Kissinger, Gang of Four, is saying, what keeps him alive? I would have to guess genetics at this point. I think that's what's keeping that guy alive. Maybe I should have asked Robert, since he is in there deep with the Pentagon. Maybe I should have brought up uh, Celebrity Deathpool and Ruth uh, Ginsburg. That would have made a great discussion there. World of Dreams says he looks horrible as fuck. Yeah, man. He does not look good. Lang reported to drug court on December 14th after testing positive twice for cocaine and opioids. Uh, during his four-year probation, the comedian avoided jail time back then, but the drug court had the authority to remand him to jail. Several celebrities pleaded on Twitter late last year for Lang to seek help for his long and public drug problem. Yeah, many people did reach out to Artie. A lot of celebrities, lots of uh, comedians, lots of his diehard fans. Pretty crazy, really. Lots have happened to him since Mad TV and the Howard Stern Show. It's it's pretty bad to see him like this. To be honest with you, I liked him for such a long time. But now, well, I shouldn't say now, but Artie, he's always been a junkie. And that's... Pretty depressing. That's that's so sad, especially for someone who's that funny. I guess everyone falls on hard times every now and then. Yeah, I know, Star. I, that was kind of that was kind of the the point there to, to drive it home. <laughs> Ruth is in a coma. I will dig Ruth Bader Ginsburg's grave free of charge. Well, you dismissed him. Robert Magnus was here, and we had a great discussion. But don't worry. Once this live stream is over, 
I think you just have to wait perhaps 20 to 30 minutes, and then you'll be able to go back and listen in. And I promise it's a great, great conversation. I learned a lot. I really did. I hope all of you out there learned a few things, too. I hope it was pretty insightful for all of you out there. It's nice to get Robert on here since he's that knowledgeable and experienced. And, of course, for those on YouTube, I was going to post a little image of Artie, but I don't have a photo of him here yet. I could look one up and put it up, but I think most of you out there can easily just Google Artie Lang and you'll see that mugshot for yourself. Good Lord. Good Lord. What a mugshot that was. Poor Artie Lang. Artie loves the heroin man, yeah. <laughs> and you put the little hypodermic needle there, the emoticon. Holy shit, yeah. <laughs> Poor Artie. You know how bad I felt putting him on uh, the celebrity death pull list? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. Felt totally bad for that. I hope he does not croak this year and does make those necessary changes. Of course, any further updates and... I'll definitely inform all of you out there on that one. And of course, good night to you, Vic, in the chat room. Gang of Four is asking, Michael, are you originally from California? Well, I was conceived in Las Vegas in the Circus Circus uh, suite there. That's where I was conceived, but yes, I am from California. Born there. Born and raised in California. I love it out here. I enjoy hell. I really do. Now that reminds me, it's almost time for the Super Bowl. Not quite sure if any of you are going to bother to watch that. But one thing that I saw on here that really confused me was the fact that Maroon 5 has been called up for the Super Bowl gig, the halftime gig there. Wow. Good job, NFL. Brilliant job. Could you have found a more awful band than Maroon 5? Now, that's one act that I wish I would have put on my celebrity death pool list, Maroon 5. You know, I'd rather take a wedding band. No offense to any wedding, wedding bands out there. Some are actually damn good. And that would have been much better, a way much better choice than Maroon 5. Give me a fucking break. Maroon 5. <laughs> Maroon 5. Who the fuck listens to that shit? Maroon 5. I'm not exactly angry, but disturbed. Maroon 5, really? Fuck. The Super Bowl hasn't exactly had a good performance since Janet Jackson when she showed her tit off. There, I said it. That was the last good performance. When she showed her nipple to the world, I thought that was the best performance. Better than, better than the game. And of course, aside from that, Prince was also really damn good. But holy shit. Maroon 5. If you could only see my face right now, just... Full of disgust over Maroon 5. Wow. Maroon 5 stinks. Now back on the original topic here of Ladies Night. And what a wonderful segment it was. I, I kind of jumped around here. I apologize. But yeah, I hope for a bit more participation the next time I do one of these Ladies Night. For those that are wondering, I, I don't tell anyone that's going to be on the show what to talk about or what to do. I, I sort of just give everyone the freedom to do what they like when they're on the air here. I don't really want to control what you're going to say or your actions or what you're thinking. I'm not for any of that. I definitely want you to be yourself. 
if you are ever on the program, co-hosting or calling, definitely don't want to control anyone. It's never been about that. But yeah, ladies' night, extremely fun, and the show was designed for just that purpose. And of course, no real complaints, but I'll explain. Uh, some listeners, they didn't really like that. Some of them really didn't mix it up too much until the very end. And I agree. I agree. I definitely want to do it again. I know there's been many people out there asking, when is the next ladies' night? And that's a good question. I have not yet set anything up for the near future, but I will. Don't worry. I will definitely get into that again. We'll we'll definitely have a ladies' night since it was so much fun. The only complaint did come, but it was for me. It, It only came for me, not for anyone, not for anyone else, just for me, which is normal. I don't really consider that much of a complaint, just a difference of opinions. I just wish some of these people would actually call in. Then we would really have fun. Oh, yeah. What was mentioned to me, though, via email was, of course, conflict with the Michael Jackson Sundance documentary. Lots of people pissed off about that. People were very angry with me. I'm well aware that the story follows these two individuals who have been very sketchy with some of their information. But regardless, I don't look past what LaToya Jackson, yeah, LaToya Jackson, you remember her? Well, I don't look past what she was saying in interviews about Michael, and of course, even with Catherine, Catherine Jackson, what she was saying about Michael behind closed doors, calling him a slang word for homosexual. LaToya, in my opinion, she didn't look like she was lying either. It's really a terrible situation all around, and I'm sure that family is beyond exhausted having to deal with all this nonstop media coverage for years, for years. And Star, you can call in if you'd like, or Vanessa, you could call in if you like. All good. Don't be shy, I'm here. That number is 760-332-8724, or on Skype, end of days Mike. Letter Y instead of I in Mike. That's end of days Mike. Don't be shy. Definitely don't be shy. You are always welcome to hear all of you. Yeah, next time it's cool. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. I understand. Now back to the Michael Jackson story here. This is why I always think that um, it must really suck to achieve that sort of level of fame. That level of fame where you are constantly being watched and nothing is private for you. That's the price of fame at that level. I'm sure it's why some people go insane. Like that Owen Benjamin. He's gone fully retarded, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't watched his videos yet. That's Owen Benjamin. Go ahead and look him up. Not exactly quite sure what the hell happened to that guy. But he seems to have sort of lost his mind on certain things. Not sure why. Not sure why. Now, crawling along here, again, I want to give recognition uh, to those out there who were affected by the polar vortex. That's already claimed a number of lives out there. This is one of those times, ladies and gentlemen, where I am thankful for uh, living out here in California. You don't have to worry about the cold weather all too much. All you really have to worry about is the sun, and that's during the summertime. You don't want to be caught up out of here during the summer Our city slogan is where the sun spends the winter. You know how badly I want to punch that guy in the face? Who created that fucking slogan? I would just love to punch him in his throat, to be honest with you. 
I really would. I need to find out who, who came up with that nonsense. Is that what he's calling them now, Gang of Four? Comedy shows. I don't dislike him, by the way. I, I never totally hated him or anything like that. I just thought, what happened to Owen Benjamin? Seems a lot different now. Is that Star? Well, hello. Yes, it is. Star, how's it going? Uh, fair to Midland. How's it going for you? Pretty good, pretty good. You are calling in through Skype, not the phone line, which is okay. Don't worry. I can hang up Skype and call back. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. Don't okay. worry. Yeah, that's cool. We'll, <laughs> we'll work through it. It's just the fact that sometimes when people call, uh, with Skype, there's a bit of a strange noise that comes through. That's all good though. Okay. Any strange noises, we'll chat? I mean, besides me. <laughs> No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Well, you <laughs> you wanted me to call in, and I have nothing to say. So no, I thought you were. Call. I thought you were trying to call in. I just said I mm-hmm. call. You asked me to call in, but I don't really have a lot to say. So if you want to get the ball rolling, I'll do my best to keep <laughs> up. Oh well, since you're here, I did want your opinion on Ladies' Night. What did you think about that? Oh, that was fun. Vanessa rocked it. Should we do another one? Yes. Oh, absolutely. How about once a month or twice a month? I think, you know, I think we could probably do twice a month. That'd be fine. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I don't see a problem uh, with that. Ah, you know what What it was, Star? You know, I saw an older message on YouTube that I, that's what I was referring to. Mm. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Four, no, I'm not going to do the, the voice porn. Sorry. Um, voice porn? <laughs> porn? <laughs> what porn? Voice porn. No, not going to do that. That was, and that wasn't even porn. That was just a lot of heavy breathing and, and. <laughs> the heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah. What was that all about? I was just playing. You were talking about porn and I was just. Kind of playing along with the ah, scenario and the, the Darth Vader noises, yeah. No, <gasps> no, no. Do I sound like I'm asthmatic? Of course not. I no, hope. But I heard he- heavy breathing like Darth Vader. No, that's that's different. That's different. It was supposed to be the kind of heavy breathing that's like, ooh, baby, not. Oh, need to breathe. No. <laughs> Oh, Michael, I'm I get it so now. disappointed in you. Why? Because you don't know the difference between asthmatic breathing and, oh, baby, breathing. <laughs> That's all the same. And the moans, oh. Well, I mean, it all, I mean, it all comes from the same place, so, you know. It does? I think what so. That? Well, it comes from the heart. The heart? Is that with a T or a D? Uh, both. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help that. That's okay. That was good. Do do you want me to do another breathing porn thingy? Uh, Well, only if the chat room wants you to. I I don't see why not. Well, let's see. What do they say? Well, I'm not sure if they want the heavy breathing, but... I don't know. Take a poll. Well, you could. I could. You could give us some heavy breathing right now. That's fine. I I certainly... Oh, I certainly could. Oh, yes, 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 Gang of Forces, yes, Vanessa says, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, 
Oh my God. Oh, oh yes. You sound like a natural. You sound like a, a sex uh, operator there. <laughs> a phone sex operator. Hello, operator. Oh, hey, don't don't compare me to that weirdo operator on Belgab. Which one? The one with the weirdo operator uh, avatar. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. You're starting up here now. Oh, oh no, no, oh, there. Oh no. We're done. Not going there. <laughs> Star, you anyway, are gonna. I don't. I don't operate. You are like gonna create that. drama with that comment there. I'm not going there, sweetie. You are just not kicking up dirt there. Huh? <laughs> I didn't hear you, sweetie. Oh, nothing, Star. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I won't worry. Oh. Incredible, really. No, this is not twa talk. It's side talk. Yeah, that's true. Side talk. But yeah, you... you S-I-T-H. Mm-hmm, you missed the interview with Robert. I know. Well, that's because we started the show... About an hour earlier, that's all. You did? Oh, my gosh. I had to. I should be spanked for missing it. Oh, dear. (gasps) Yeah, we we definitely had to start a little bit earlier because of Robert. You know, he didn't want to be on too late. Oh, poor Robert needed an early bedtime. He did. He needed an early bedtime, indeed. Well, I will catch the replay, I promise. Oh, it was good, I promise. I always listen to your replays. It was I good. I love your voice. Do you? Yes. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> Vanessa, please go in. We can, um, we can, oh, what do you call it? We can, uh, double team him. Oh my god. Vanessa, we can, we can double team Mike. You can take lead. I think you're okay. scaring, I think you're scaring Vanessa in the chat. I'm not, I'm not scaring Vanessa. Vanessa's strong. She's cool. And besides, she's, she's your sweetheart. And I love it. Yeah, she really is. I, I love Vanessa. Great woman. I know. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt indeed. And I have a sweetheart who I love, so I'm not. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. By the way, it's almost Valentine's Day, right? Whatever I'm having, I'm having, uh, it's, Cran and raspberry juice with vodka. Oh, so you're already drinking. Well, of course. You know, I, I, I would be drinking, but I'm a little bit under the weather still. Oh dear. Just a little though. You're not back east, up in, uh, actually in the northeast. Oh, thank God I'm not. Really under the weather. I'd be dead. Well, if you didn't have heat, yeah. I'd be gone. Even if I did have heat, I'd be, I I wouldn't. Did you see, did you see the photos of the people who got there, who soaked their pants and then flopped them out and then stuck them out in the cold and they stood up on their own? I, the pants? The pants. Yeah, yeah, yes. I did see that. Hold that. Holy shit, that is cold. And the fellow was talking about if your eyes water, they freeze in the eye ducts. Um, in 1981, there was a freeze like this in Chicago and my ex was a cop cross-country driver for North American van lines. And I had gone on a a driving run with him. And we got stuck in Chicago. And the wind chill factor in that particular day was 83 degrees below zero when I stepped out of the truck. Indeed, the wind made my eyes water and my tears 
froze right in my eye, right in the corner of my eye. So that's true. That's the only time that ever happened to me. I've never been in that type of weather before that or since then. But yeah, that really happens. And now, Star, you get your wish. We have summoned Vanessa. Hello. Hi. No, Vanessa. Let's get Mike. Hi. I already got him. That's true. I'll hold hold him for you. Hi. How are you? I've already allowed myself to be captured by Vanessa. Yes. That's true. Hi. Hi. No more. Are we, are we, both of you, are we doing any more moaning or are we done? Oh, I think, I think we might be done here. I can. I think, I think we're done. I think we're done. I could do more moaning, uh, depending on the chat room. If they're tired of it, I can quit. Or I can continue to go, oh, 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 baby. Mm-hmm. It's wow. Like, it's not like you practiced this before. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you're an expert. Start, start. Did you rehearse? It's, it's, do I what? Did, did you rehearse this? <laughs> oh, I thought you said was I hurt. <laughs> um, oh, very natural. I've had many years of that. Never mind. No. No yeah. to that. Wow, you have a lot of experience, Star. Yes, yes, yes. I like it. Cool. <laughs> so, yes. Michael's scared. Not at all. Not one oh, bit. He doesn't need to be scared of me. He, he's... Vanessa, he's yours, and I have... Oh, my God. Let's not talk about that right now. Oh, 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 true, true. I'm so sorry. I didn't assumptions. That's my bad. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, we're trying to keep it PG-13 here. Yeah. A little over... Twat Talk. Twat Talk is rated R. Yeah, Twat Talk is, um, you know, rated R. Uh, Right now, this is, you know, PG-13 on top of the clothes type action. Yeah, which I like. I, I mean, I can get down with. I mean, it's okay. It's not so bad. Yeah, that's good for like in the car and in public. No, I'm just kidding. It, it just kind of hurts, you know. <laughs> well, I just, I just. Well, think not if you're wearing a skirt, maybe. I just think Mike and Vanessa make a great couple. I, I could just envision the two of them going out to like Disneyland or <laughs> golfing or. We're gonna do a lot more than that. Sorry, you're embarrassing well, to me. To begin with, it's a date. You go out and have some fun for a while, then you go to a movie, and then you go home and 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 we moan have some treats, and, and we hear and you moan, a sip of wine or something. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe maybe you youngsters do stuff different these days. I'm gonna give her no, my we pin. We do that. We do that. <laughs> do that but i think me and michael will probably spend most of the time in the in the bedroom i don't know that's true i'm just kidding <laughs> on the computer that's true that's uh, right but vanessa vanessa by the way i did want to ask you really quickly here about your opinion on maroon 5 and their performance at the super bowl coming up i don't like that group who the fuck and, does and i don't know i haven't liked a super bowl performance since aerosmith and britney spears oh i had a feeling you'd say that I well, I I mean, you like Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson, so you're not pretty far away. Well, I mean, I gotta see some tit. Oh, I'll show you. No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, you know. Yeah. Star, <laughs> star. By the way, do you have a any favorite or maybe just a performance that you liked during the Super Bowl? 
I haven't watched it, so I, I don't know what to choose from. I've always liked the Clydesdale horses, but I don't know if they do that anymore. Good Lord, they don't. What is, <laughs> when was that? That may have been a little bit before my time. <laughs> it might have been. It yeah, Gangnam 4 says he's scared, or he would call in. Why? I don't know. He said he's scared of me and Star. Scared of what? Oh, Gangnam 4, don't be scared. Nothing to be afraid of. I can't bite. Yeah, she doesn't bite. I do. Vanessa kind of yes, does. Vanessa would bite very nibbly, I yeah, guess. Yeah, very soft. That's true. Yeah. Just, no biting, just nibbling, okay, <laughs> gang? Mm-hmm. But only Michael. Well, that's yeah. true. We, we just nibble. <laughs> oh, yes. And ladies, by the way, I, I did have an email to read. And I, I was planning, planning to do this once I was off, uh, Skype with both of you ladies here, but since I have both of you here, uh, why not, right? Why not read this uh, email and get your opinions on it too? Okay. All right, ladies, check this out. Uh, I got an email from one Steven. I'm not going to say his last name, but he writes in, Michael, I am writing from New Hampshire. I love your show, but have had a difficult time over the last two weeks trying to listen to your show. Are you still on the same time on Saturday? Also, up until two weeks ago, I was able to listen to the past shows anytime on TuneIn, and I am unable to do that lately. Michael, please advise the best way to listen to your show live. I have not had a TV in nine years now, and I am a huge fan of talk radio. Your show being near the top of my favorites. Michael, I find you to be the most interesting, unique human being and radio host. Hope to Wait, hear what? from you. What was that, Star? Find you to be the most unique? What? I, I find you to be a most interesting, unique human being and radio host. Oh, unique. Yes. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. It's okay. I agree. Don't worry. Hope to hear from you. Peace out from the great north woods of northern New Hampshire. Thank you. That was from Steve. Oh, that was from Gang of Four. Oh, Gang of Four. Gang of Four, I didn't know you wrote that. Shout out. Gang of Four, that's so awesome. That was very sweet of you. Yeah. Ah, well, I think you understand what's going on now. We are on a different YouTube channel for the time being. And mostly that has to do with Jim Fetzer and Sandy Hook. YouTube does not like the fact that he's been on the program as many times as he has. Talking about Sandy Hook, especially since he's in sort of legal battle now with one of the parents from Sandy Hook. So, in, in doing all, all my interviews with him, even the ones that were locked on YouTube, not being public for anyone, those videos were still struck by YouTube. And in doing so, now basically I am suspended from uploading and doing live streams, uh, until March. I think 13th or 14th. Oh, wow. Wait, That's a long-ass time. Wait. You can't... Wait. Say that again. You can't do YouTube until March? Right. I can't upload or huh. do a live stream on my other channel. Oh, on your me. other yeah. channel, yeah. but you can still do it here, right? Well, I'm doing it now. He doesn't give a fuck. Oh, by the way... Richard Grover is in the chat room. Hello, hey, Richard. Richard, love you. Mwah. We love you, Richard. And 
I love stars. I, I, lo- I love uh, your beard you had, and then I'm not sure if you shaved it off. I know I was uh, stalking you on Twitter there, seeing your, your lovely beard that you had. Star, how do you feel about beards? Yeah, how do you feel about beards? I would never grow one. No, but like in on men. Like how do you feel about beards on men? Yeah, most women have beards, yeah. It depends on the shape of the face. I have seen men with beards if it's the short shortcut that that frames the jawline. Mm-hmm. That's that's just so hot. But some guys <laughs> if it's shaggy and skanky and yucky and you know, has yesterday's lunch on it? No. <laughs> yesterday's yeah. lunch. Yeah. Okay. So like a tr- like a, a nice like a little trim beard. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A, a short trim beard and a nice square jaw, maybe a dimple in the chin. Okay, girl, are you getting too much? A oh. dimple in the chin. Wait, wait, I'm having a beard moment. <gasps> oh. 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 Oh, oh Lord. <laughs> I'm done. Whoa. I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I like a beard. I could, I, I can get down with a beard. I like a beard. Yeah, most women can grow a beard too. Not me, honey. But that's the lower. That, well, that's the lower region. Oh uh, yeah, not me, yeah. honey. <laughs> Neither, rather. Yeah, some people Ooh, are not a. Some sorry. people are not a friend of uh, George I, Bush. I, I don't have a lot of hair. I mean, I haven't even had to shave my legs. You know, There's you no know, on my legs. Star, you know who has a lot of hair? A lot of people have a lot of hair. No, no, no. Women. You know which one, though? Uh, particularly. I know which one. Oh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> no, no. You're right. No, no. Vanessa already got it right. Well, half right. It's it's the Kardashians, the, the, the Kardashian household. I'm sure there's lots of shaving going on there. Those kind of women are very hairy. Wait. I, I yeah. watch Star Trek. Kardashians don't have hair. That's because they're, <laughs> they're lasering that off. Kidding, kidding. That was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Richard we says. Talk um, about hair. Have you noticed? Richard says, "Ladies wax them bee holes." Oh my. They wax them and they bleach them, Richard, and oh. that leads to that leads to health issues later on. Uh, bleaching that that a hole of yours. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> I do. I read. <laughs> it's not yeah. good for you. That shit's you not read. good. You I, get, I you, read. You get info. Uh, Infowars. <laughs> Infowars.com. <laughs> where where is Alex Jones by the way? Is he still? Uh, I don't know. Talking Here's nonsense. I feel like Alex Jones. They're trying to like remove him from our world. Like they're trying to delete him from existence. I think they're trying to do that to everybody that's outspoken. I think yeah. Alex Jones is being outshone by Roger Stone right now. I, I, mean, I think. Um, yeah. You, Roger Stone, you mean uh, uh, um, Gotham City's <laughs> new, like, I, I he's so weird looking. Well, they're both very weird looking, him and Jerome Corsi. That's true. Try looking at that Roger guy. Roger Stone dresses like, I mean, oh, like a villain from Gotham City. <laughs> he's a weirdo. He's pretty weird. He's pretty weird. I, I think he's a little bit of a swinger, right? Is he a swinger? I think he know? was. Allegedly? I think he was. He did also march... For some like gay parades out there in New York. Oh, I love the gays. Yeah, we don't have any problem with the gays. That's true. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. Oh, that's so funny. It's funny that you brought up the gays because there is we we do have some Florida news, by the way. That's, oh, great! That's what my, my neck of the woods. What Adrian's name was, but she called herself a a fag hag. A fag, fag hag. hag. Something ah. like that. Roger. Oh, I've always wanted a gay friend that I could go shopping with. Roger Stone has oh, a sloped yes. head in the chat room. I would love to have um, a gay friend who would cook for me. 
Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> like a slave? You just need to go to you just need to live yeah, out here, Star. Like a chef. Yeah, like a chef. Mm-hmm. You just a need to wa- you just need to hang out out here, chef. Star, and you'll gay find gay uh chef. plenty of gay friends out here. In California? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in Miami. I have I have a few gay friends and I wasn't even actively searching for them. Really? There's a lot of, yeah. Do they hit on you? Nah, not at all. No? Okay. Mm-mm. I used to have another gay friend, but he moved away. Not exactly sure what the hell happened to that guy. But now there's only... To, hmm? to Miami? Nah, he didn't move there. I think he, I think he probably moved to like Palm Springs. San Francisco? No, Palm Springs, because... Uh, this is a friend of mine who took a photo of of himself and uh, Andy Dick out there in Palm Springs, and I thought, oh God. Oh, Andy Dick? Why? I hate that guy. We shouldn't be hanging out with Andy Dick for of all people. That's Wait, he he sent me a photo, and I thought, holy shit, what are you doing? Uh, leave I the feel bar. I like you would catch something just by hanging out with him. Palm Springs. Probably catch Springs. HIV or yeah. hepatitis. Yeah, or some STD, some some crabs. Allegedly. <laughs> Maybe. Not a fact. Yeah, Opinion. Yeah, they go to Palm Springs because the Palm Springs? 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 Mm, no. Spring? Never no. Mind. No. Michael, I feel like your show should be called End of Days with Michael Deacon, allegedly. <laughs> no. The show most likely will just be the Michael Deacon program. Uh, everything allegedly. else will eventually go since yeah. it's more friendly and marketable that way. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, because people think that you're, like, all about the end of days. Yeah, which I'm not, so. But, you know, I like the, I like end of days because, you know. Well, I like like, the theme. Well, I like the apocalyptic theme and all that nonsense, so, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. That's a great movie, too. I've always liked Mike, I've always loved Mike's shows from, well, Mike, how long have I been coming to your shows now since you and his name? The other guy, and yeah. I've been coming for a long time, girl. I've been coming too for a long time. <laughs> We've all been coming we for a long time. We all come, Michael's show. <laughs> Y'all come now. By the way, in the chat room, it says never eat a girl's hairy beeho. Great advice. Well, I don't. My beeho is not hairy, and I wouldn't let anyone. I would not allow anyone near it anyway. You waxing back there? Well, no, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to. I'm almost hairless except for on my head. Back to the back to the hairy conversation. <laughs> you know, I remember I being feel like we talk about hair a lot. Check this out. I remember being like in seventh and eighth grade, even through some years in high school. I remember seeing certain girls that wouldn't shave their arms, and I would be like, "Holy shit, you have hairy arms." Well, I don't have like hair a lot of hair. Some girls. I don't have hair on my arms. Some girls rocked I'm it that way, and I was. Well, some girls were rocking it that way, and I just always thought, why Why do you have more hair than I do on my arms? <laughs> that is pretty weird. I mean, I, I think, fully, I don't have that problem. I don't have, a, like, a lot of hair, but I don't like hair at all. Like, I don't. Like, I only like, like, eyebrows and, like, obviously, like, hair on my head. I'm but telling I you. I don't like hair. Those those Indian, Hindu, Indian, Same Hindu here. women, uh, those kind of women, they are more hairy than... Uh, most women you'll you'll discover. Yeah, unlike Vanessa, I'm I'm almost hairless except for my head. You're like a and you're like a hairless cat. No, oh, a, a sphinx cat. A sphinx. Yes, I'm like a sphinx cat. <laughs> I have hair on my head, so that that would make me like. A everyone cool loves cat. a everyone loves a hairless kitty. That's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, let let's get into uh, the news from the 305 since you're here. 
and, and since we were talking about the uh, gay and lesbian community, uh, South Florida's LGBT capital has a new rainbow-colored police car. <gasps> really? Yes. Really? Wilton what? Manners. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Wilton uh, Manners is a no, is known as the unofficial capital of the LGBT community in South Florida and one of the gay friendliest cities in the country. Well, I mean, we're pretty friendly. <laughs> the Wilton. I, I don't, uh-huh, I don't know. I, it's the first I hear about. This. You never heard of the Wilton Manor Police Department? No, that's probably, that's not in Miami. That's probably somewhere in the middle there. Somewhere. Yeah, I think that's further away from where oh, you that's are. Fort, yeah, that's Fort Lauderdale. That's like about an hour away. Apparently um, they redesigned a squad car, Vanessa, with a giant rainbow. Look, I love gay people. Of course. I mean, like, I have no problem with gay people sure. at all. But the thing is, I just feel, I'm a person that I, lo- I love colors and I love rainbows and I love all that stuff. I just feel like the rainbow was kind of taken and it was kinda made taken. gay. Made gay, okay. Yeah, I don't. I, I know that sounds horrible, and I, I don't mean to say anything like mean, okay. but I just feel like the gay. Like if I put a rainbow in my car just because I like rainbows, I I won't do that. But if I did, then I look gay. But I'm not. But the thing is, that's what I feel about the rainbow. You know what I mean? I hear <laughs> like, you. I, like the I know exactly what you mean. You, there is the rainbow used to be the symbol of reaching an achievement. And then it was like kidnapped. It was hijacked. Yeah, yeah and I feel you. that's hijacked. happening. That's also happening with unicorns. I love unicorns. I've I always do. loved unicorns. And then they took unicorns too. So I feel like like they've just taken everything from me. Yeah, but the left has taken rainbows and unicorns and all the cool stuff and have uh, perversed it. Made in a way, purpose. yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be mean because I, I feel bad and we should all That's enjoy it. That's not mean at all. That's taking a sense and, hey, leave my rainbow and unicorn alone. That's mine. Exactly. That's how I yeah. feel about it. I think that yeah, terrible, so this- um, I think that terrible Grit Gutfield, I think he has a unicorn coffee mug, if I recall. No, it's just a little statue he has on his desk that he pushes around a lot. I thought it was a coffee mug. Oh, maybe it is. I think it's I a coffee know. mug. Yeah. Yeah, Michael likes coffee mugs. I do love coffee mugs. You guys don't know, Michael loves a good coffee mug. That's true. I'm a sucker for one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's going to probably be one of the um, first products that I put out, coffee mugs. You really should. I would love a a coffee mug. No, I'm going to do it, yeah. I have to. But yes, of course. Uh, By the way, the department invites people to take selfies with the colorful patrol car and use the hashtag... WMPD for all on social media posting postings. So if you're out there, anyone out mm-hmm. there in Florida, go ahead and uh, take a photo with the LGBT uh, cruiser they got. Amazing. Yeah, the back the back window reads policing with pride. That's crazy. Oh, that gang is pretty of, weird. I mean, I would is gang of They should have made the lights on the top rainbow too. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> what was that star? Oh, Gang of Fours and landing strips on what? Oh, oh he's talking about mustache rides. Yes, we're we're still talking about uh. uh man, well, I'm the mustache rider. No, endurance oh my God. rider champion for 2018. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> Are, are you um, gonna Richard in the <laughs> chat? He says that he doesn't like a lot of makeup on a woman. That's true. 
too much. Yeah, I don't too much is, I, yeah. I don't wear a lot of makeup actually. And he and Richard's also saying he's okay. Uh, I'm okay if my lady <laughs> maintains a little landing strip. You know, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with him. I can't believe I shocked Richard. Oh my god. I agree with him. A, l- a little <laughs> landing strip. Pretty good. If it's shaved all the time, then it gets boring. That's true. See, that's the thing. I agree with that too. I would be willing to mix it up, but I, I, I just, I, I'm, I like being clean. I need I some hair. I, like I need a, some hairstyles, you know. Yeah, I mean, I would mix it up for you, baby. Well, you better. <laughs> just kidding. Oh you better god. mix it up for me. <laughs> I feel like okay. Don't worry, I feel it's like almost I hijacked over. your show and I start making about that. No. No, you don't hijack the show. You add to it. You, you, you're wonderful, Vanessa. Yes, continuing. I love you, Star. Continuing I love here you, with the 305 news here now. Almost mm-hmm. done. This one's for you. Florida girl needs ride to boyfriend's house, steals pizza delivery man's car. Mm-hmm. This is a 14 year old girl, by the way. Oh wow! <laughs> you know when 14. I was, um, when I was 14, I used to take cabs to my boyfriend's house. Well, I mean, you never stole a a damn squad car. I mean, a squad car. You never stole a a pizza <laughs> delivery man's car. No, never. Never went. No, never. No. <laughs> According to the story, this woman star. Check it out, star. This woman ordered multiple pizzas from Papa John's and had them delivered to the neighbor's house. And then when the neighbor walked to the door, uh, this woman named Josie, she jumped out of the bushes and into the man's 2006 Ford Taurus. Good God. Oh, man. That's an old car, too. I know, 2006. When I was 14, I was working with horses and showing them and turning them and doing, cross, well, not cross-country, but trail riding. And I i was one of those those girls that was just horse crazy. And my oh, did you wear the cool horse, outfits? Did you wear the really nice outfits? I, no, I didn't wear any outfits. I just, I wanted my horses. And okay. I was just... <laughs> I just wanted to ride and show horses and do uh the trail riding, not cross country because that's that's really hard to do. <clears throat> uh, someone but in the I, chat I, I I'm 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 referring to the chat real quick. They're saying that I how does it feel to be cucked by time zones? Long distance relationship. What are they referring to? I have no idea, but that's amazing. I'm glad they that feel is that amazing. way. Yeah, good for them. And of course, I do want to thank both of you for being a part of the program here tonight. I had a great time uh talking to you and Star. And Star, I'll start with you first. Any last words before I cut you loose here? Oh, any last words? Sounds like you're talking to me on my deathbed. I sure am. Last words? Oh, um, I love you. I love Vanessa. I love everybody in the chat room. I love my sweetheart. And I hope certain forums finally get it together, weed out the toxins, and come back to the greatness they used to be. The greatness it used to be? Yep, used to be. Ah. Ah, that's that's coded, but anyway. I see. I I (laughs) felt you were doing that. Great again. Exactly. I love it. Understood. Well, thank you so much, Star, for hanging out with us here. We'll definitely do it again on the other side, my friend. I'll see you there. All right, Star. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, oh, Mike. Go ahead. Oh, I'll see you. <laughs> hmm. Oh, girl. Amazing. I'm going to end the shower after this. 
Amazing. Thank you so much, Star. Thank you. Bye. And there she goes. Wasn't wasn't that incredible? I love her. She's so amazing. She and she's is. Gilf, 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 <laughs> Gilf, Yeah. Amazing. And how are you tonight, Vanessa, by the way? I'm good, baby. How are you? I can't good. complain. Just still a little bit sick, so that's why we are wrapping it up kind of early here. That's fine. Yeah, just a little bit under the weather, and I don't want to get worse. Yeah. You know how that bullshit goes. Mm-hmm. You're, you feel fine one day, and the next day you're... We're all fucked up. Yep, let's laugh. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. So, Vanessa, thank you again for calling in and hanging out for a little bit. Definitely, No problem, anytime. For sure. I love you, and I love your show. Love you, too, and we'll definitely have you on again when we do Ladies' Night. That's right. It's going to be fun. It's always fun, baby. Oh, yes. (laughs) All right, Vanessa, well, take care, and I'll talk to you very soon here. All right, good night. Bye. Good night, bye. And, of course, I do want to thank all of you out there listening in, wherever you may be. Keep in mind, if you have any funny impersonations of myself or other listeners, please feel free to send those in at michaelendofdays at gmail.com, michaelendofdays at gmail.com. Or if you just have any comments or concerns, any of those things, I'd love to hear it. I'll definitely take the time to either read the response here or just send... Uh, you one in private. I had a few uh, emails here, but some of those I did plan just to respond in private. And of course, I do want to invite all of you, if you wish, to donate any amount you'd like at michaeldeacon.com, right-hand side of your screen. Hit that PayPal but- button there. Donate any amount you'd like. We're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather get the kind that folds. I'm Michael Deacon. Thanks for listening. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, Lee good night, everybody. Washington, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Alex Jones. I've been waiting a long time to talk to you. Anyways, I just wanted to say, um, I remember back in the day, uh, Y2K, the Bill Cooper incident, and you smoking to me, Joe Rogan. Now you lost your kids, and I'm so happy about that, dude. If I ever seen you in real life, I would smack the shit out of you. I uh, would we'll delay that because we can't have cussing. I've never taken DMT. The freedom of speech is being taken away.